When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Winning Plays Podcast on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider for the NBA's winningest franchise. Hey there, folks. Welcome in to the Winning Plays Podcast. My name is Brian Robb, joined by Ryan Berendoni for, I think this is your 10th or 15th podcast talking about Gordon Hayward in the last two months, Ryan. Where were we at this point? This is my job now. I just <laughs> barnstorm around talking about or writing about Gordon Hayward. Um, Topical and- today. It is topical today, and so this is, you know, we were going to talk more about this down the line, but uh, there is some new um, new buzz about Gordon Hayward's situation um, coming off of the uh, the low, po- low Post podcast um, that came out on Monday between Zach Lowe and Bobby Marks. Um, a lot of that is, you know, playing territory that we have covered here before on the Winning Place podcast, and while I have you, please um, rate, review, subscribe to the Winning Place podcast. Um, because I always forget that. Um, but Ryan, there was some, um, you know, this is the same things we've been, you've been talking about, we've been talking about for, for months now, but it's um, with the NBA schedule looking to be full, um, you know, steam ahead in terms of free agency starting right next month um, and the season starting shortly thereafter in December, uh, some quick decisions could happen here once trading becomes on the table in November. And, I don't know. I guess the biggest thing from that podcast is that, you know, the, these, not, not that any of these scenarios were too far fetched in the beginning of, but um, there seems to be some, you know, at least some scuttlebutt around the league that, you know, you know, Hayward's agent, Mark Barr's team is doing his, his due diligence here in terms of Hayward's situation. Seems like it. Uh, it's, it's obviously been one of the big risks that that's been out there sort of hanging over the team for the whole, you know, for the whole season. Uh, it's something that I was trying to address back in January, sort of saying it may seem like he's definitely coming back in, in one manner or another, um, but you just never really know. And we all thought that was the case with, with Al Horford as well. I think they even said that, might have even said on that podcast that he's doing a Horford or something along those lines where he's looking around for a way to either move out of the Celtics because he, he wants something different or to just maximize the amount that he can he can get whether or not that's leveraging something to try to get something out of Boston or legitimately looking to move to another team. We, we don't know. We, there's no way for us to know really. Right. So, uh, but it's, if you're a Celtics fan, I mean, it's, it's not the report that you want to hear that, um, you know, even if you're somebody who's not a big Gordon Hayward fan, the fallout of him potentially walking away uh, for nothing is, is really significant. So uh, not a, not a great day on, on that front, but you know, you gotta, that's the risk. It's been there. And let's start with that line. I think it was by Mark's line saying, you know, that Hayward maybe, or Mark Burlstein, Hayward's agent might be pulling an Al Horford here. And where I think, well, that's a, it makes sense because, you know, as we know, Horford was in the same situation last year for player option. Most people assumed that if he declined that, he would come back and a longer extension for, for lesser money. Um, 
And I think that the key difference here from at least a Celtics perspective when they're, you know, kind of viewing their options here in terms if, if trades do become um, more pressing or on the table more uh, in the coming weeks is that Hayward doesn't have or won't have close to the market that Al Horford have. And that's more of a result of circumstance than anything else. Um, there's just, I mean, right now, after, you know, I think you can count maybe six teams around the league, Ryan, that have over $20 million in cap room. And the only one number, only one of those teams that is actually good is are the Miami Heat. And I think it's safe to say that Gordon Hayward is no longer on their wish list in terms of, you know, they have some bigger stars they're going to be targeting long-term. So um, Horford was able to go to a place where he thought he was going to be able to win and get his money too. Hayward is not, going to be able to do that um in free agency this summer it looks like i don't know if i would uh go to the point of saying that it's impossible that, that he could do that uh for one miami i don't think is a, an option to sign in free agency although there could potentially be something where he opts in and there's a trade that goes there when he's hanging something else over their head the, the timing on that's a little more difficult and we can talk about that the one that was mentioned again on that pod which we will i'm sure reference over and over again is atlanta and atlanta wasn't good this year but uh, is a team that has, you know, Trey Young and, and Gordon Hayward and Clint Capella and some sort of development from some of their young wings. That it's, is that a team that could make the playoffs in the East? You know, that's feasible. The East is going to be deeper next season than it was this season. But it's not, like, impossible. Now, is that a title team? No, obviously not. But um, it's a team that isn't out of the question in terms of being a winning team. But, yeah, if he's looking to opt out and sign a, you know, a free agent contract that's not some ridiculous you know, MLE or something, then it's not going to be for a title contending team. Uh, if he stays in Boston, then it, it might be. Uh, certainly more of a title contending team than any of the, the options that are out there. Um, so, yeah, I, from that perspective, I, I get that uh, it's not the same market as Horford, but it doesn't really matter, right? If there's one team that he is willing to go to and that wants to sign him for the money that he's looking for, it doesn't matter if there's five teams or one, that one team can make it a moot point, right? And just sign him. So um, I think that it's a legitimate threat. Uh, I, you know, it doesn't, like I said, it's not like he can go sign for five different teams. If, if he's willing to go to Atlanta and be the veteran who makes quite a lot of money for that team trying to, to make Trey Young happy, then that's an option. <laughs> so I, yeah, I, I think there may be not even five teams, not even six teams that'll have 20 million. But if you want to run down the other ones that are, you know, possibilities just for free agent stuff, Atlanta, Charlotte, Detroit, uh, like you said, Miami, but that's a different situation because of what they're angling for, um, you know, next year. And also some of the stuff that they have to do this year, the Knicks, maybe the Suns get interesting. Right. I don't think they have enough money to. If they let go of Sarge and Bart and Baines, like if they like, they have guys yeah. that they could want to keep potentially. They, um, even then you get to, I don't know if you get to a number that gets him to opt out unless it's like, he just wants to leave Boston. Now right. sort of similar to Atlanta Phoenix, if you put him into that team, I think it's an interesting team. It'd be better than the Hawks, but you're in the West. So it's harder to make the playoffs, stuff like that. But it's, it's certainly another interesting team. Uh, you also do get into the world of stuff that I'm sure we'll talk about where if one of those teams is offering something and he's willing to go there, then it does open up sign and trade possibilities where you could say, you know, I'm going to Atlanta unless you sign and trade me to whatever other team he's, you know, he's really angling for. Right. Uh, so there's, there's suddenly seems to be a lot of moving parts and a, a new threat um, 
that we had all been sort of just <laughs> hoping would go away if we didn't talk about it. And so, I mean, for Atlanta, I mean, I think Atlanta is the key here to that leverage since that is the, you know, the, the Trump card. If he, if they have the big offer on the table for him, they do want to win now is does bring in a 30 year old Hayward to go with that younger core make a ton of sense? Like, no, they're but the then Hawks. you, but then you look at, but they're the Hawks. And then you look at the free agent class this year and it's like, well, there's not, there's not too many other guys that make sense there either. And they're going to have to spend that money. So from that standpoint, cause you know, they're obviously, they have bigs covered with Capella and, and Deadman. Um, and then you're not, you're not going to bring in Van Fleet there to play with Trey Young to have like the, the smallest backcourt ever. Um, so they have a couple young wings, but they weren't particularly good last year in Cam Reddish. Yeah. Reddish um, so was like, okay. Reddish I mean, was okay. They, there is this, this sort of snowball effect that happens with all these teams. The same thing that's happening with the Celtics now. If they want to bring back John Collins when his contract ends, Trey Young, eventually his contract will end. Like there's stuff down the line where signing a 30 year old now, you know, it might not be great if they sign him for four years in the last year or two, but they're the Hawks. They hawks it like the making the playoffs is a thing that the Hawks strive for. Uh, and that's a realistic thing that you have to look at across the league. Not every team is actually trying to win the title and put together the absolute best core they can. You know, there, there are teams out there that will, would, you know, gladly give up opportunities to be better to change their odds of winning a title in the next 10 years from 3% to 6%. Not every team is trying to do that. I don't know if the Hawks are, and like, I could certainly see them making that signing it. And for the next couple of years, if Hayward stays healthy, it would make them better. And it would maybe pacify Trey Young, who seems to already be sort of like, there's nothing you can do about it, obviously, for a while. But who seems to be sort of like, hey, this team isn't very good and I'm stuck here. And I didn't sign up, you know, you drafted me. I didn't sign here. Like, what's going on? Um, and so from a certain perspective, that, that may also be a factor. But really, I think the big factor is they're, they're, you know, they're the Hawks. They would be happy making the playoffs probably. Yeah. And I think that's, you can't really, like you said, Similar it's easy to forget that. Yeah. And Phoenix too, there are <laughs> a bunch honest. of teams. I mean, there are a lot of teams around the league, them, like Sacramento, you know, yeah. there are just a lot of teams that have been bad for a very long time. And if they can get anyone that's close to an all-star player um, that wants to play there or is willing to sign there. Um, and it depends yeah. what the money is, right? Like, right. are these teams going to sign him? He's, he's going to be a 10-year veteran. He's not going to get 35% of the cap for four years with 5% raises from all these teams, right? But if somebody can sign him on a contract with, that starts relatively high and descends over the course of a couple of years and he still makes $100 million over four years, I don't know if the Celtics would be willing to do that. But the Hawks might be willing to do that, particularly, you know, like I said, descending salary. They have the space to make contracts that are interesting that they could work with. Um, and then three years down the line, you figure it out. And um, certainly wouldn't be the first time we've seen that kind of operating procedure. Well, and here's the question that, you know, the Southerners are in need to have an answer to is, A, obviously what price are they willing to go to for an extension? And B, is it, does, would Hayward rather play for one of these other random teams, even if the Celtics meet that price? Is sure. what it kind yeah, of I mean, comes that's down what I said. First thing, right? If he just doesn't want to be a, if he just doesn't want to be on the Celtics anymore, he looks at it and says, this has been a curse. I'm, you know, I, every, I'm constantly getting injured. The whatever fan interactions, my family doesn't want to be here. I'm tired of Brad Stevens being my coach for most of my life, right? Like whatever it might be. I'm not saying any of those things are the case, but if he wants to leave, he can opt out and leave. Like that's 
he left Utah. He tried to leave Utah for Charlotte once. It's not exactly like he was going big market hunting that time. Uh, and then they matched and he came back and then he left. And if he leaves Boston, it's not like it would be some new thing that we've never seen from him before. Well, true. And I, I mean, Charlotte did offer him the max. Utah um, sure. was, you know, middling at that point. But yeah, like that's, that's, uh, it's, it's clear motivations could go in all sorts of directions there. So it's not, and on times I've tried to talk to him about it during the, the past season and he, you know, has kept his cards close to the vest, understandably so at that point, um, in terms of what he really wanted long-term. Um, so that, that's, you know, clearly knock me, you know, could be some sort of a mystery to the seas, but they'll be obviously looking for some clarity on that in the next few weeks as, um, decision time comes due. So we talked about obviously the possibilities there on the opt-out situation for Hayward. Not a lot there. A lot of it rides on whether Atlanta is going to pay up. If not, it's unlikely that any of these other teams we mentioned would, you know, pay enough, pay more than the Celtics would be willing to offer an extension. So even then, if the Celtics would probably, um, I, it's it's hard to envision him turning down thirty four million dollars and signing for a hundred in like you know the Knicks. We're assuming Knicks. no Knicks, right? It, right, right. We're, we're assuming saying. that New York has no attraction to him, and he doesn't want to go and be the temporary face of the Knicks with R.J. Barrett and uh, I don't know, right? Like that doesn't make many many that doesn't make much sense to me. No, uh, the other one, I don't know. It doesn't seem like it, yeah, I agree. The free agency seems to hinge on Atlanta. Right. So that, that's the big one domino. And that's, that's, if that is not there, then the next thing we get to organically is sign and trade possibilities. Um, a, a straight up trade is also in play too. If he just, you know, opts in for the one year at $34 million, there are combinations that come in play there um, that can make sense for everyone. But the more intriguing one to me um, that they talked about a little bit more about in the low post and would make sense from Hayward's agent kind of sniffing around right now is a sign and trade. Since they're not, you know, teams aren't going to give up a lot for Hayward if you're only getting him for one year. If you can lock him in at a reasonable price for three years or four years, then the, the price changes a little bit, or at least you're willing to go up a little bit more to make it worth everyone's while, especially from the Celtics standpoint, if you're a team without cap room. The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in it on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season, from game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on win, division, and championship futures as well. Head to Bet Online today to take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Where do you want to start here, Ryan? Is there, are there, is there a sign and trade team that sticks out for you? There, I have a couple new ones on that. I mean, we've, we've, t- we've talked about Sacramento a lot with Harrison Barnes. That's always been there. The Dallas Mavericks is there. I think those are two logical ones if he just opts in, but is there anything to you yeah. that sticks out offhand, um, you know, just from the sign and trade possibilities? Yeah. It's so nothing particularly sticks out to me as a, as a sign and trade destination. I think a lot of the same teams that would be options if he were to opt in would just sort of naturally become the sign and trade options. Um, 
there's a couple things that people need to maybe keep in mind on this. Um, so the first is you're looking for teams that uh, can't don't have space to sign them in free agency, right? So you can sort of knock off the few that that we talked about. Um, but a team that receives somebody in sign and trade gets hard capped, and right. we have no idea really where the luxury tax is going to be yet. The sound, reporting today seems like it may be 139 ish million dollars, even if they keep the cap lower. So the pre-COVID projections for the salary or for the luxury tax, even if they set uh, the salary cap lower than that, that's a direction I've always thought made sense. So that to me, sort of logically, I'm like, yes, you should do that, but I don't really know. But that's that's sort of the talk is. But if you receive somebody via sign and trade, then you're hard capped. Uh, it would not hard cap the Celtics. It's important to, to to keep in mind as well. Um, but that sort of limits some of the options that you could get into, right? Like if you want to come up with a sign and trade for the Warriors, that doesn't it's not going to work probably because they're going to be hard capped, uh, and they just wouldn't be able to live with that. So um, there are some limiting factors there. But I mean, yeah, to me, there are teams that we have looked at in the past, like Dallas, that make more sense as a trade partner if he opts in. And so part of this is sort of conversational between the team and the agent and all that, like, I'm going to opt out unless you trade me, you know, I'll opt in, but you have to trade me. And if you back out on this, you'll have burned this bridge forever, whatever it might be. Um, so there might be some like that. And then there's others where you opt out and then you get traded. There's a third option of him opting in, getting traded, signing an extension somewhere down the road. Like you can come up with all these different ways to, to operate it. But I don't know if you have one, like there's nothing that stands out to me of like that is specifically a sign in trade option and not just an opt in other circumstances trade option that we've talked about, like uh, none that like really stand out to me. I mean, I think the couple that stand out, one would be Orlando because you don't, that's a team that not that they didn't come up if he just opts in, but that's a team that's a do for a shakeup of a bunch of parts that haven't you know necessarily fit in together. Well, um, but given where they are as a franchise, it doesn't make a ton of sense to give up anything that good for if you just get Hayward for a year. And you obviously know he's a flight risk. Um, if you get him to lock in for a couple years, then you can say, okay, like maybe Aaron Gordon comes on the table if if you sweeten the offer of Celtics. Like you throw in a, a low first round pick or you take back a bad contract like Aminu. Um, so that's one to me where it's... Th- the having that security attached to Hayward would make Orlando more willing to talk about um, some options. Terrence Ross obviously is another name there that would uh, have appeal and has some decent value. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree with that, that there might be teams that we would talk about in the normal context of him opting in and, and being traded that would prefer it to be a sign and trade for that exact reason that they can lock it in. But I think largely it's the same likely universe of teams, right? So Orlando might prefer that. Maybe Memphis, it also makes, could make a little bit of a bigger difference. Um, if they were able, you know, if he was able to, to sign and trade there with something a little bit longer term, as I said, like Dallas is probably the other way where they would like it to just be a straight, uh, you know, the contract right, he already has because they're keeping space open for Giannis and he would be maybe a fallback option. So you can kind of mix it up and say, yeah, this would, you know, preferably be a sign and trade versus a versus an opt-in and, and then get traded somewhere. Um, there's also, I suppose, the Celtics could have him opt out and just re-sign him there. As we as we talked about, that's probably the team that would most like that to happen right. at this point. But um, we talked yeah, about I mean, all this thing that is, I still think that's probably their preference. Yeah. Like, oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the obvious one. I mean, I, I went through pretty much all the teams and I came up with like, I don't know, 
18 teams that that would have like some semi-viable trade option um, with him opted in Ooh. with a with a sign-in trade some of those again you know may fall off and they might prefer it a different way but in, in large part you're looking at these the same teams and saying look when you have 18 options that I'm starting with like there aren't a whole lot of other teams that that would potentially get involved only under a sign and trade circumstance so that's sort of part of why I'm saying like yeah I don't know if the world of possibilities is all that different the, the map would be a little bit different if he's signing trade for something starting at you know 25 million instead of instead of 34 something that that I, you actually asked me about I think last week and I haven't really talked about much at all is that if he opts in there's a trade kicker that possibly gets involved like he has a lot of control over the situation here um, between the ability to opt out and go sign somewhere, the ability to opt out, threaten to go sign somewhere else and force a sign-in trade, opt out, come back, opt in. He has his trade kicker that then becomes a, a factor in, in some potential trades. Like, he holds a lot of cards here. Um, and, uh, and I think the universe of teams that would be interested in him in some form or another is quite large, even though, you know, with the injury questions and everything else, like, there's just not a lot of like multifaceted wings that are available this year. So he's one. All right. Here's another one. I'm actually looking through your list right now. We came up with the exact same one on a deal that hasn't really been talked about at all, but I think there's another one where an extension could come into play um, for the team on the receiving end. That's the Denver Nuggets. Um, Gary Harris and Will Barton for Hayward. The money matches up there. That's not good money on either of those contracts for the Celtics, and it hurts them a lot next season once Tatum's contract kicks in. At the same time, that's still a movable asset, which is what you you know essentially would have with Hayward if he if he stayed for at least one more year. So that's kind of a win-win move now for both sides, or at least you know from from a Denver perspective, I think you know it's the ultimate two nickels for a dime trade and banking on Hayward being the better all-around player and fit as a third option next to Jokic and Murray. I yeah, still not crazy about it from the Celtics, but I mean, that that's, that's an intriguing one. I mean, if you got into a, an opt out and sign in trade situation there, like it would depend on how much, how much Hayward is signing for, but you may even be in a situation where you aren't taking both because right. the money is a problem anyway. Like it might just be that he opts out and you trade him for Gary Harris. Yeah. And like, I don't, I don't love that, but if, a year down the line, you're trading Gary Harris as part of a Bradley Beal package because he's an expiring contract who makes $20 million. And it's like, it, it keeps like some avenues of development and, and, you know, open to, to how the team goes. Whereas if he just walks away, would you rather have Gary Harris making too much money or nobody and be over the cap? I guess you would rather have Gary Harris, even though he's overpaid, you would definitely be able to get yourself under the tax this year. Uh, and like I said, you, you would have that salary at least to try to move, something online or maybe he comes back and shoots 37% from three again and realizes that he can do that. And it, it helps the team as well, you know, in, in the short term, but I'm not sure if it would take Harris and Barton. I would have to look at their whole situation with their luxury tax with uh, Murray's extension kicking. And they may actually have hard cap problems in taking in with the sign and trade unless they moved out both of them. So there might be more to it than that taking. Yeah. But taking Harris and Barton, I think the Celtics would have to try to move one of them somewhere else pretty quickly. Uh, just because of financial considerations and and also, um, you know, especially that second year. Uh, but also, yeah, they may you, have to one of them would be gone that second year for sure. Right. Yeah. By the by, the second year, one of them, at least one of them, has to be gone. Ideally, both of them are gone, and somebody better has come in to to replace them via some other avenue. But um, I think that's one of the more realistic 
possibilities, either via an opt-in or a sign-in trade, to be honest. Right, because I mean, that's, I feel like the, what should be the market for Hayward here. Is, and they I mean, have plenty of tax base. They're, they're they, far enough under the tax not to have to worry about the hard capital. Yeah, and they do have, I mean, they have some key free agents in Millsap and Jeremy Grant who. They just won't bring Millsap back. They, I mean, right, they would, that'd be, Hayward would be, right, like that's. Jeremy Grant's your four. And, right, and so Hayward would, you know, that's a, that's a team where the fit is there for, okay, Hayward, this is a guy who could put us over the top. You know, we got close, but we're, we're still he missing. Can't, but they can. I mean, he can't, but they can think. I mean, that, this <laughs> yeah, is like, they're, totally... not gonna get, they're not going to get a better option to, to do that. No. I sort of Porter becoming an all-star. Yeah, you know, what puts him over the top is that Jokic wins the MVP, becomes Dirk, right? Right. But, um, but certainly, you know, Murray Hayward, who's really more of a 2-3 these days than a 3-4 like he was in Utah, you know, pre-injury. Uh, and then it's Grant and Porter isn't the perfect fit on, on the wing. They're both a little bit fours, but like, those wings, Jokic is obviously great. Like that is certainly a team that could, you know, they could be the, the top, you know, two or three seed in, in the West. And it would also extend out some of the window. I don't think that they're super thrilled about having, I guess this is a pun, but Will Barton or, um, or Gary Harris either for, you know, for the money that they're making. So I, that seems like I said, one of the more reasonable ones, which is probably why we both came up with it. Right. <laughs> um, other teams in player, we talked, I mean, the Pacers deal has been talked about. I wrote a wrong thing about this Friday. I mean, we're both not fans of Miles Turner. And so if you're not a fan of Miles Turner, you're not going to, you know, go crazy about this deal. And it's hard to envision Indiana giving up much more than that, knowing that they could conceivably just sign Hayward next year. Um, if he, in fact, wants to go home and play there, um, they should have enough be able to open up enough cap space to do that. Um, so for me, it's like, unless TJ Warren or Aaron holiday or one of those guys gets on the table, which is very unlikely to happen. I, I think you can do better elsewhere than the Pacers. Yeah. I agree with what you started with that. Like if you're a miles Turner fan, you're going to think that getting miles Turner is good. And if you're not, then you're not. Um, I don't think it's a good allocation of resources to, to get the, you know, league average center for average salary, you know, for starter salary money, uh, just because it's not a position where you need to spend the money as the Celtics have, have already displayed this year. So that's my problem with that one. You're going to get into, anytime you're into these conversations, that's where some of them land. Like there are people who think that the Celtics are a contender and that Gordon Hayward needs to be here and you can't trade him under any circumstances. That's fine. If that's what you believe, there are people who think Miles Turner is a top 10 center. That's fine. If that's what you believe, I just, you know, there's disagreements there and you're, just banging your head against the wall if you try to try to win that that argument with anybody i think uh who takes that position so yeah i'm with you on that though and so now i think we're just kind of left with teams that are you know middling low playoff teams or wannabe playoff teams whether it's phoenix um we talked about them briefly Ubre jr is there um phoenix are really only possible as a sign and trade it's just one note in there i guess maybe that's the team that I should have said is like, because I've been talking about them as like maybe fringy, they would could, could get to enough money to just sign in. They probably can't. The most logical way to there is a sign and trade. They don't have quite enough money under the cap to sign him, but that would also mean that they wouldn't have to send back a whole lot in order to make enough to get him under the cap. Like the Celtics would get a, probably some sort of trade exception out of it. Like you can make an unbalanced trade with them that would still end up working under the cap. Uh, and yeah, someone like Ubre. You'd want Ubre and stuff. You'd have to get more than Ubre. Um, 
he's doing is that. he expiring? Right. He's an expiring now. Yeah, he's got he signed a two year, thirty million deal, thirty million dollar deal last offseason. Um, and they obviously played really well without him in the bubble when he was hurt. Um, so definitely not great. And I mean, Uber is there's not a ton else there is the problem. Like there's not a ton else that they would looking to be trading if they are already, you know, Baines, if they're Baines back in the door, sign and trade for sign and trade. Free agent. Sign and trade. Well, that's sign and trade for sign well, and trade. Maybe causes problem for the Celtics. I guess if it's with them, it, it wouldn't, um, obviously they're not going to give up, you know, bridges, not going to happen. No, Kim um, Johnson. No, the, Sarge Johnson, is also a free not. agent. Sarge is a free agent. The 10th pick. I mean, can you, this draft sucks and you get, you get Oof. Kelly Oubre in the 10th pick, like, you know, it's the 10th for the 26th and Kelly Oubre gets involved. Like it's possible. I, you can see I it can again. See that, it's a team that makes sense structurally. Like uh, if Rubio, I'm assuming Rubio will continue to be there on, under this circumstance, but you know, uh, I don't know, Rubio, Booker, Bridges, Aiton, Hayward, like, I, I don't like know what that, their exact actually. best five is. Uh, who's the four in that sort of lineup and, and all that? But like, I don't know. They're they're trying to make the playoffs. Um, you can see that making a lot of sense. Right. Um, Sacramento. It's not. You don't need a sign and trade there. That's a simple Hayward for Barnes and stuff um, option that will be on the table. Again, it, if you can squeeze enough out of the Kings in terms of other assets. Sure, but I don't know unless they're just desperate to dump Barnes' money, dump some long-term money there since they got a lot of it on the books. Um, I'm not sure how much you're going to get for one year of Hayward there. Um, yeah, I mean, I think getting out of the Barnes contract is probably fine from their perspective, especially just get buying Hayward's bird rights. And they don't really need his bird rights for where they are with, with free agency space, but um, getting him in for a year and potentially – you know, having him like it there and, and wanting to stay. Uh, it's also, you know, it's also just sort of like you're giving away Harrison Barnes, who I don't particularly love. He's probably slightly overpaid. It's not a huge deal either way. Like, it's just one of those things where you're kind of getting him for free. So, um, I don't know. It's one that makes sense from, I think, more from the Celtics perspective than for where the Kings are. But it's another team with the Kings that, like, I just don't really know what the Kings ever want to do. And so you can't take them off the table because it's like maybe they maybe they see a lot of value in trying to make the playoffs. They got new management in there too. Next year, yeah, I don't know. A lot of that stuff comes down from ownership in terms of like what your goals are for the next year, uh, or you know what what sort of directive they've given management. Um, And if they say we want to go and push for the eight seed, then that trade might make more sense for them. But like I said, I think it's more a sort of Celtic side look of like, what are you trying to get? Oh, hey, a okay player who fits in the rotation on a descending salary and something else. And um, I don't know how far it actually goes. Do the Cavs have any useful trade assets on their roster? So this is one, uh, that- again, from the pod, right? From the, the, the Zach Lowe pod where he was talking about Drummond and Chetty Osman. And it's like, is that a good contract? I think no. it's not a good contract. No, like, and he's just bad. Like, it's not, he's, he's not a player that you want to have playing a significant role on a, like, team that wants to be good, I don't think. Um, so, I don't know. Like, Andre Drummond and swap five for 14? <laughs> uh, you, you like that? Um, that's much more of a Hayward opted in sort of trade than, a, than an opt-out and sign-in trade. Uh, 
but that was the one that, yeah, that Zach was putting. I think it was like Drummond, Osmond, and a future pick. Yeah. Because the fifth pick is too good. But any future pick they give, like, they're going to suck forever. Right. Uh, They'd have to be heavily so protected. Yeah, you have to protect it so heavily that, like, is that going to just turn into, like, two seconds five years down the line or something? I don't know. I don't know about that one. Plus, I, I really don't like Andre Drummond. No, I mean, it's just... He's the one UConn player who I hate because he was terrible <laughs> at UConn and was just miserable. Um, and even Nance Jr.'s contract is, like, it's okay, but, like, no one... It certainly doesn't have any real value there to, yeah, to, to s- sweeten the deal for, like, taking on a Drummond or whoever. I think, like, John Hollinger or something. I don't know. I was... You can. I'll let it. Yeah, he floated out. He floated out of uh, of of what I do on the weekends, which is rake leaves at this time of year. And while I was raking all the leaves in my yard, I was listening to podcasts. And I think it was Hollinger. I don't remember with who said he thought it was one of the best non-max, non-rookie contracts in the league. And that's crazy talk. Like, <laughs> um, I yeah, I don't see that at all. It's in the top uh, hundred. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> top one hundred non-rookie, non-max contracts <laughs> in the league is Larry Nance Jr. Um, if you're talking opt out again, if you're talking opt out and then he goes to the team and says like, do this sign and trade or I walk to Atlanta, I guess you'd do it. But like, it's really, you're really talking about like, is it better than nothing? And for the same reason of just losing the salary slot and hoping that you'll be able to flip it for something else down the line, I guess you would have to do it. Um, but that's not exciting. Um, agreed. And so the last couple sign and trade possibilities I have here. Um, a team that might want to win right away or make a splash at winning right away, uh, Minnesota. Um, they have yeah. Russell, they have Towns, they have a, they need a wing. Um, Another one that does not work without the sign and trade. They exactly. opt in, right. it's not, the map Nothing doesn't there. work. <laughs> exactly. But you get Hayward locked in for three years, you know, at whatever, 75, 80, I hope he'd, asked for a hundred million to, to be in, in Minnesota. Um, but, but the, if you look at, they have James Johnson, yeah, it's the James Johnson expiring that you, right. You know, that you end up having to take back. And then like, what are you getting for it? Right. Cause that's so, a nothing contract to begin with. Right. It's that's negative value. They're signing him. So they obviously think that they're signing him to a positive value contract. Like what else are you really getting there? Is Jared Culver good? Jared Culver was so bad. Right. They'll probably they'll probably terrible. offer him. <laughs> yeah, sure. I mean, they. I don't even. Again, another report. I can't even remember who it was from. Where somebody was talking about how like they they're like gun shy about their draft pick this year because they screwed up the Jared Culver pick so badly to the point where like have they already given up on him? He was really terrible, and he's not. You know, you see sometimes though it's a it's a big man and they struggle with defense the first year, or he's a point guard and they struggle. With, like he was bad at everything. I mean, he's a wing who uh, can't shoot. And doesn't do much. Yeah, he was supposed to be a really good defender and like really, really struggled defensively and can't shoot at all. Do you see what his free throw shooting numbers were? It's like, wasn't it like below 50%? 46%. Yeah. He really, really was awful last year. He's, you know, he's sort of a wing, but he wants to handle the ball, but he can't shoot. And he's kind of, I don't know, Evan Turner-y in that respect where it's like, yeah, if you can't, you don't sort of hit the threshold at anything. You just sort of, are below it and all of them. But if you also shoot 47% from the free throw line, that's more than a red flag. So I, that's where I come with that one is I'm just like, uh, so you probably don't even want that. Would you do that? Would you do Culver and Johnson for Hayward and the sign trade? Yeah. Like that's a no. No. Cause the problem there is that 
that Johnson, his contract doesn't carry on long enough to like be really confident you're going to flip it. Right. You get to the midseason and like maybe there's something that's still trying to clear cap space and gives you back a bad longer contract for it. But you're not, there's not, this isn't turning into anything particularly positive. And Culver, because he was drafted high, like it's not like he doesn't make any money. And at the end of the year, you might be declining his fourth year option anyway. And like there's just, I don't see any real, I would, at that point, you might actually just have to let Hayward walk instead of taking that. Yikes. I was, I was like, oh, maybe I'll throw Culver. And then I look that he's closer so and I'm like, I'm like, no, that's, he's just not good. Like there would be a question of if he was, if Hayward was signing for, you know, low twenties, like, would you just take James Johnson knowing just for the hope that you can trade him, you know, in, at some point. Um, but you should be able to do better than that. Like it's, I think you just like, tell him to go sign in Atlanta at that point. You're like, no, we're not doing that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if that's if, if that's the like, all right, send me to Minnesota or else I'm going to Atlanta. Like a, yeah, a far-fetched situation. It's like, yeah, but sure. even also, it's like, like I could see him like doing that. But I just can't see him doing that with those two teams. Yeah, um, in terms exactly. of where how this might play out. Um, and what about Chicago? Any yeah, that's that? Chicago. Yeah, this is the next one I was going to bring up there. Uh, you have Otto Porter Jr. Um, if he opts in, you need if you include Otto Porter in like a lot of things, and it's right. difficult with him because. When he plays, he's useful, but sort of like Hayward, like he doesn't play that often. No. Um, and I think his injury was kind of a scary one in terms of like long-term prognosis. Nobody's exactly sure what it what it is and, and how it's being dealt. Didn't he have like nerve? I think he similarly had like nerve. Like core issues, yeah, something that was. Yeah, I might be wrong about that. It was a played, weird prognosis, though. So he's played how much in the? He's played seventy games in the last two years. Yeah, it's um, not great. When he does play, he is sort of perfect for what you would want, right? He's a, a big wing. He's sort of a not a great defender, but he's okay. He can. He's a very good three point shooter. Is a, a sort of analytic stuff is good. His analytic stuff is good for fitting into to what you know what you might be looking for. Um, but if it's if it's an opt out sign in trade, there are other players that that could get involved. Bad Young is there. Um, Sadoransky would solve the backup point guard problems. I don't want to really talk about Zach Levine. I don't think they would be signing him if they were trying to trade Levine. I don't think that would make a whole lot of sense. Um, and then you get into the young, you know, some of their young bigs where if they were trying to move Markin in, I don't think they're trying to move Wendell Carter. Maybe you have to involve draft picks in there, but there's enough pieces where if he's opting out and doing a sign and trade where it's like, you can sort of, oh yeah, Thad Young and Markin in for a sign and traded. Hayward plus a pick, right? Like this way you can make that math work probably. Um, but I, again, I mean, if he's opting out and like putting the, putting you to the threat, you are in most cases answering the question of like, just would I rather have him walk away? Would you rather have him walk away or would you rather have Thad Young this year? And no, I think for this six million next, next year and have to basically give a draft pick in order to get like a marketing in type. Is that all worth it? Nah. Probably, I probably, yeah. I think. Because, I mean, Thad Young stunk last year, but he—that was a. I mean, he wasn't terrible last year. He, he was worse than they expected from just talking people yeah. you know, around the league there. But he's a useful player off the bench still um, in the right situation. Yeah, and you can see the fit with what the Celtics have, where if he returns to what he's been in the past, like it's not, it's not terrible. I think he's a player. Like he's not going to rock the boat or anything either with the role that he's probably going to be coming off the bench and um 
solve some of those problems. And like I said, if you can roll in something else, you probably would have to roll in something else in order to make the math work where you're also giving up, you know, okay, we're giving up the 14th pick to get Markin in, who I'm not wild about, but is that something that you'd want to do? Again, bench scoring, solve some of the problems. I don't know. It's possible. And Chicago's a big enough market where, and it's close enough to home for Hayward, where like, I guess it's possible that he could want to go there. Uh, I think that one's more likely to put you to a decision than Minnesota is under those you know circumstances we were just talking about. <laughs> and they have, I mean, Chicago's got new, new management too. And so yeah. this is, this is, I think the, the, the other big wild card about this whole off season is you have all these guys that are at the helm of these franchises that have done nothing for years and they're going to be ready to make their mark. And, and it's going to be very scrambled. Sure. Nobody really knows what even like, it's hard to plan right now because nobody's exactly sure you have all these multiple you know, multiple option plans that are out there uh, that all these teams have to be maintaining. And then it might be like the, that the off season lasts six weeks and it's like, you know, okay, go. Everybody has to make all their moves and that there's not the sort of time to be deliberative and to see how things shake out. And it's like, okay, I got to make a decision. Do, am I going to do this now? Cause all the free agents might be gone in three days because free agency is going to, you know, has to go real quick. And so there might be interesting different things that become available and that happen. So that's sort of similar to what I was saying with Sacramento. Like in some of these cases, you just don't really know how the teams are going to be operating and things that like may or not, might not make a ton of sense to you or I, there's things that happen every off season that don't make sense to, you know, to certain people. And sometimes they work out who knows, but uh, it's just hard to predict. That's why I was saying at the beginning, like, I think there might be as many as like literally 18 teams or something like that, that under some circumstance, opt in, opt out and sign and trade, whatever it might be um, that, like you can construct some feasible thing for Hayward that's not just like throw it away right away and say that this is stupid. And maybe it's maybe it's something workable there. For sure. And because you just have a lot of teams that I think are a you have a lot of teams that can talk themselves into contending. And then on top of that, I think you have a lot of teams that are just trying to get into the playoffs. And a guy like Hayward it can help that. And if he's looking for to be the number one or number two option again, a lot of these teams can say, hey come here. We can, we got that for you right here. Um, you're excited to play with Kobe white. And- <laughs> yeah, right. You teach these guys a thing or two and, and defend the point guard. And-, <laughs> and, and then also the only last one I have, and this is only obviously if like Ingram goes elsewhere is new Orleans. Um, kind of, again, he makes sense there if they don't want to pay. Well, Ingram's not going anywhere. Ingram's not well, going anywhere. You think he's hundred percent maxing him out? Max him. Yeah, they're going to just max him. He'll be there. I don't know if it completely means that he wouldn't, that like they wouldn't be interested in someone like Hayward. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I've looked at them because there are interesting pieces there that don't necessarily fit like their timeline, but Hayward doesn't necessarily fit their timeline either, really, right? It's, right. Uh, that one is, is, I think, harder, even though I've, like I said, I've looked at them in the past because I, when favors before he was a free agent, you know, and at the trade deadline, I thought he would be an interesting target. They have no real use for Redick, but he's only got one more year and that doesn't really meet the Celtics needs. Like Drew holiday would be a really interesting player for the Celtics ad, but like if they were adding Hayward, it wouldn't make a ton of sense to like, Oh, we're going to add a 30 year old, but then we're going to trade Drew. Holiday. Yeah. You're not going to get holiday yeah. for Hayward. Um, yeah. Even if you had a lot of stuff. Yeah. I mean, that's, it just makes the salaries match in theory, but it just like structurally doesn't make sense for the teams doing what you know what they would be doing yeah i guess the only thing would be like i mean favors an assigned trade with reddick yeah favors is gonna get enough i don't think i mean favors yeah. is gonna be like an mla it may be even like a 
favors the Celtics may be able to find may be able to sign favors with the tax MLE. Yeah. It's one of those players like Baines favors a couple others that are Tristan Thompson that like have been making big money for a long time. Uh, there's not a whole lot of money around and like they may legitimately be like, Oh, you're a good team. That's willing to give us the tax MLE for a year or two. Like, yeah, I guess that's what we got to do. Favors is only like favors isn't even 30 yet. I don't think Tristan, Tristan Thompson somehow 29 as well. <laughs> They're ridiculously young for, they look so old. Right. Um, They've been around forever. Maybe I'm wrong about that one. But there's a couple of guys out there that like one of those guys is going to fall through the cracks. So, um, but anyway, the point being, he's not going to make enough money to be like the return piece to make the math work um, with the Pelicans, I don't think. So, well, if it's a sign and trade, conceivably, but it has but, I mean, to be if, a long term. If you're only going to sign favors for, you know, seven, $8 million, that's not enough to, you know, to swing a, a Hayward trade, you'd have to add something else. It would be okay. Favors and Reddick, which is something that I put forward in the past, right? Can you get favors for two years on a sign and trade in Reddick for the one, and then you give them Hayward? Like it's possible. Again, like I said, there's a ton of teams where you can put something together that's not like crazy. Um, it's just the double sign and trades are somewhat, you know, it's just another party that has to agree to it. Right. Um. All right, that's all I got. That that's like my my full lineup here and yeah i don't know how many i had made for the opt-in scenario which is seemed to be more likely i don't even know how many i've got here 15 maybe um, okay i mean houston's but not just, it seems like, like that's not what's, where this is going so and no. maybe that's that could be what this is all about that he's looking at the situation and saying well if i opt in they're going to send me somewhere so i need to take control and send myself somewhere right like, right and he so, might come up empty there to be honest like he might not get anything that he like the agent might be doing their due diligence here for that reason and might just simply be coming up empty or not with the, an offer that is going to help things in terms of, unless he wants to go full, like I'm out of here no matter what um, nuclear. And I don't know. And we, who knows if Hayward's at that point or not, I would be surprised if he was at that point. Never can tell. I suppose we all, all were surprised last offseason. Or not all surprised, but, you know, we were mildly surprised offseason. I think this would be a bigger surprise than, than That's, Horford This is was. a bigger surprise. Horford was like, uh, Philly wouldn't be dumb enough to do that. Like, because they had to let Jimmy go. They had, they had all sorts of, like, moving chairs there that didn't make sense for them to do it. And, who, and guess what? It, it, it looks terrible now. So it's like, um, I think there's a less of an option like that this offseason in terms of Hayward's market. Could be. Like I said, only takes one, or maybe in this case, two. <laughs> one for leverage and one <laughs> to actually go. But um, it's not, like I said, it's not what you want to hear from no. a Celtics perspective that, that he's even really strongly considering it. Um, and and like, we were, like we were talking before we even started recording about how this is a two-way street. The Celtics trade players. Players have a right to make their decisions to leave. The thing to keep in mind, if he does opt in and they were leaking out to, you know, multiple people that they were looking at different options and he gets traded, then I don't want to hear afterwards, like, oh, I can't believe you did this to him. He fought back through injury. He's came here, signed so he could play for his coach, and then you trade him, and it's so cold-hearted. It's like, it's just the way this works. <laughs> um, he, was, he was looking around too. So um, that's, that's all part of the, just, you know, part of the life of being an NBA player, which is why you know, if you make $34 million, then you sort of have to live with that, I suppose. But um, yeah, I don't know. 
maybe that's, it, it makes it easier to look at them all as numbers on a sheet, which isn't fair, absolutely isn't fair to anybody. But when both sides are sort of have their eye out there, well, I think like we said on that podcast again, right, there's some, there's some smoke there. It's not all just idle speculation. It's not like GMs on other teams speculating about stuff just to unsettle stuff. It's like, seems to be an actual thing that's going on right now. Right. And it might not turn into anything. There might not be a fit for like either side and they just, you know, head into next season and say, we're, you know, we're going to let the cards fall. We're going to run it back. Um, But then even if that is the case, you know, Hayward's trade, you know, that's, I had assumed this is a trade if they're going to make it is when they want to make it in the off season, as opposed to they're they've been very much against big trades at the trade deadline. Uh, and it's hard to it. make big trades. It's hard to trade $34 million at the trade deadline. It's just part of the reality. Also true. But also with a lot of the trades that we're looking at, uh, you know, as possibilities for if, were, if were he to opt in, some of it's with teams that you sort of think have false hope. Right. And so, who knows what's going to happen with this season. It's going to be such a weird season that maybe some of these teams do have real hope, just the, you know, shuffling the norm, the normalcy of a season. Maybe the bulls have more hope than we think in a season where you're playing every other day and traveling around regional bubbles and only playing against your division and whatever. But some of it is like, you're banking a little bit on like, Oh, Sacramento or Chicago, or, you know, some, somebody will talk themselves into the idea that they're better than they are. And we'll, so we'll make this trade when, when they haven't played any games yet. But when they've played two-thirds of the season, they'll know better than to make that kind of trade. Right. Uh, but also, it's just hard to move the money. So, yeah, I agree they would like to have it resolved in the offseason. Uh, but if your options are that Hayward resolves it by forcing your hand or leaving, or he opts in and you just sort of have to play it out, those aren't great situations, but you would prefer to be able to string it out in some manner and figure it out as you go. All right, well, let's leave it at that. I think we've... Uh... I watched them just come out. They signed an extension the first, uh, right before the draft. Um, but not even an opt out, just sign not even an opt out. Just, just straight Stays in this year, signs an extension for yeah, that'd be hilarious. Adds two additional years that add like some number that nobody make doesn't make any sense to anybody, but he's here for 34 million next year and like nobody gets what's happening. Um, yeah, I don't know, <laughs> but um, in the meantime, it does look like we are close to having some figures in place um, about the cap, the luxury tax, and then, you know, what the next season will actually look like um, beyond just 72 games. So that yeah, should be coming out. End of this week or maybe this time next week, we'll be putting out something else with, we can run some numbers on, on actual stuff, right? That's right. what it's looking like. They want to have it done by the end of the month. So that would be this weekend. If it gets out earlier than that, great, but should be soon or we have an idea. Also dates, dates would be nice. Everybody's talking about the numbers, but it would be nice to like know when, when Hayward's option date is, right? <laughs> Don't even know that. So we'll it's going to be growing. It's going to be a fast, it's going to come fast and furious from November 18th, the draft until training camp and less than two weeks after that, which is kind of nuts. But I guess they, they did that to a degree without the draft and the lockout of 2011. So, um, but yeah, we'll be here at the winning place to just take you guys through it. Um, let us know how much you loved or hated our trades. Hit up Ryan at danger cart. I'm Do at... not tell me how much you loved or hated my trades. <laughs> Be sure to get him. That's at danger cart. He really wants to hear from you. Um, at winning plays pod. Um, 
our, our Twitters. And um, yeah, but uh, feedback, welcome. If there's other stuff you guys want to hear us talk about in the coming weeks, um, definitely let us know as we um, continue to uh, grind our way through the off season. And we'll have hopefully have some fun draft stuff for you guys next week as well. So stay tuned for that.